women have a unique role in creation. Women are the nurturers, the birth givers, the more spiritual of the genders. And Torah teaches that women have a special status. Join Mashi Lipska for the next hour as she expounds the Torah wisdom specific to women. Only on 101.9 High FM. Agudnerv Shabbos. I'm Mashi Lipska. This is High FM. And it's wonderful to be back with you. The festivals are behind us, but the year lies ahead of us. And these wonderful, wonderful Yomim Tovim, beginning with the preparation days in the month of Elul, introspection and connection on the days of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the days of unity and joy, Sukkot and Simchat Torah, they are gifts. They are very, very great, generous gifts where we are with Hashem, removed from the mundane, where there's joy, there's sanctity. The entire day is wholly different. There's a different feel to it. But we don't leave those days empty. God forbid. Every yontif fills us up. Every yontif impacts on us. How much more so? has this month, the month of Tishrei, place of prime importance, a place that fills us up for the entire year. Of course, every month is unique. Every festival is unique. All the events, all the happenings, the seasons. This month, the month we are still in, holds the most prominent place. In fact, the month is the seventh month in the Torah, Shvi'i. And our sages explain that the word Sheva is from the word Muspa, satiated, like Vyachalta Visavata. It is a month that is full, that is absolutely well-rounded. It has a fullness of the Yomim Taivim of the festivals. It has the experiences, the soul-searching, the prayer, the call of the Shaifer of Rosh Hashanah. It has the return, the repentance. The incredible connection with Hashem on Yom Kippur, it has Sukkot, which is the festival where we are concerned with the entire world and pray for blessings for the entire world and every single nation in the world. It is a festival symbolized by love, by the taking of the four kinds, the Etrog, the Lulav, Hadassim and Aravot, the Citron, the Palm, the Myrtle and the Willow, four different species, and we make a blessing only when they are all united. The message of differences, acceptance, the message of unity, sitting together in a sukkah, the incredible mitzvah of just living in a sukkah. And what is a sukkah? A sukkah is flimsy. It represents reliance on Hashem, not on walls, not on alarm systems, not on chains, not on locks, but on the Creator Himself. It helps us to cultivate an appreciation for things spiritual, for things holy, not to rely on the gashmias, not to rely on what we can see with our eyes, but to develop, train ourselves to know that even though we cannot see Him, Hashem is there with us. And that gives birth to this wonderful joy, 
the 48 hours of Shmini Atzeret and Simchat Torah, where there's unbridled joy and celebration with who we are. We dance with the Torah, the closed Torah. It's not if we're a great scholar, we can celebrate Simchat Torah, the joy with the Torah. It's the fact that the Torah is what governs our lives, gives us direction, makes us secure, connects us to the one above. Shmini Atzeret and Simchat Torah, unique, special, and very, very focused on sending us off into the year with a different perspective. The entire season culminates with joy. And we need to understand that that joy at knowing who we are, no doubt who we are, that no matter what we have around us, we have a Shem around us and above us, no matter what material things we lack or have, we have Hashem and His promise. And having dedicated ourselves to the festivals of Hashem, we now have to make a transition. Because being spiritual and serving God is not just on the festivals. We have to serve our Creator the entire year, the weekdays as well as the holy days. And as we transition from the month of Tishrei, so replete and full of festivals and spiritual experiences, into the month of Cheshvan, where there's the regular, ordinary, nothing so ordinary, but the regular service is very different to Tishrei. And that's when the work of the 11, the other 11 months will begin. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Meshi only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back. I'm Mashi Lipsker. And we are speaking about the month that is finishing now, the month of Tishrei, the month in which we have the most festivals of the greatest spectrum of spiritual experience, introspection, cleansing, unity, joy, connection throughout, through doing all of these things, connection with Hashem. But we're getting ready to transition into the year where we won't have these special festivals, and that begins with the month that looms, the month of Cheshvan, where there won't even be one festival. But there's a new service that's beginning. And the month of Tishrei is the launch. In fact, we're going to bless the new month of Cheshvan on this Shabbos and make way, get ready for quite a radical jump. Yeah, we've had all these festivals. We've been removed from having to go to work, the toil of every day, different focus, different types of food, different types of prayers, different types of activities. And although we are going back into the world into the cycle of the week, the month, the year, dealing with minutes, dealing with hours, dealing with seconds, we need to bring the message of the holy days into every single moment, minute, hour, day, week, month of the entire year in order to complete all of creation. Godliness can be felt when we light the Shabbos or Yontif candles. There's a holiness. But now, we cannot forget that. We need to bring it into daily life. It's not so easy. And we don't see the connection that easily. We have to go to work. And we're not automatically reminded through our prayers and through our activities that actually we stand above the world, connected to the Creator at all times. 
Now we have to immerse ourselves completely into the weekday affairs and work in the normal, natural world, but to work, to connect, to relate in a Torah way, in a holy way. And that is why. In some places, the custom was to announce on Motzei Yom um, Simchat Torah, or at the end of this coming Shabbos, the Yaakov Halach Ladarko and Jacob went on his way. Why on Simchas Torah? Because it's the last of the festivals of Tishrei. So in truth, the end of Simchat Torah marks the beginning of the the end of the festival time and the beginning of the new year, in a sense. But why this announcement and Jacob went on his way? It means that one service has ended and the new service must begin. Somehow now, after being connected and being in the radiance, in the energy, in the holiness of Hashem and the festivals, we need to go on the derech, darkol, the service of the rest of the year. We've got to go on our way. And we might think that, oh, the great times are over, now back to the boring. But the truth is, the festival is one type of service of Hashem. The weekday is another type of service. Not less, they're just different. And let's look. Let's look at the week that launches the week that launches this very special Shabbos. It's the only week in which we read two whole Torah portions, the last and the first. And the last one is called Vezois HaBracha, Vezot HaBracha, the parsha often called Bracha, blessing. And the first parsha, the parsha of this week, that's the parsha of Breshit, beginning, renewal. Let's look at the week we were just in. It was a week with Hoshina Rabbah on Sunday, a day of intense prayer, and then moving into Shmini Atzeret, a day of unity and gratitude and joy, and then the unbridled dancing festivities and absolute simcha of Simchat Torah. You know, we've been busy for almost two months. First in Elul, where our king was in the field, and then a month, when we are with him in the palace, the king has shown us, even before we came into his palace, that he is there with us in the mundane, in the field, as it were. And so we have an or extraordinary kind of launch now where the Torah is started anew. We dance at its completion, and the last Parsha is a Parsha of blessing. It's a parsha where Moshe Rabbeinu in detail blesses each and every tribe with incredible, incredible positivity and blessing. And after that, we have the creation of heaven and earth all in one week. So we have blessing and then we have rebirth because we need those blessings in order to be able to fulfill our mission in creation. But we're starting again. Let's look at the Hebrew words for time. We have, first of all, the word for year, which is shana, repeat. Shana is a year. It means to change. It also means to repeat. What shall we repeat? What shall we change? That's the question. It's up to us in this new year. Let's repeat the good stuff. Let's grow the good stuff. Let's change. Let's not stay stuck 
with the things that hold us down. Chodesh is a month. The word Chodesh from the word Chadash. To renew, to make it new again. And then what do we have? We have Sha'ah, an hour. But the word Sha'ah is also, he turned. We can turn. We don't have to feel stuck. We can take a detour. We can take another direction. That's the message of every Sha'a, of every hour. We can always rethink. And Rega, Rega is a moment, a minute, but the word Rega from the word to rest, to be calm. In each thing that we do, we must do it, not in a rushed way, but in a way where it's premeditated and we know where we're going. And finally, um, just a split second or a moment is Daka. And Daka can also mean from the word Dak, fine, refined. What a journey. If we decide Shana to change, Shana to repeat the good stuff, Chodesh to renew, make it Chadash, Sha'a to always think and turn in the direction that makes sense. It's never too late. It will bring us at every rega and at every daka. We will be calm and it will refine us our thinking. It will refine our feeling. It will refine our perspective on our mission in this world and on all of creation. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. This is Mashi Lipsker. Happy to be with you on this Erev Shabbos on Chai FM, where the days are getting a bit longer, and we will be lighting candles by 6.02 p.m. Shabbos is out tomorrow night, 6.53, but this is a great Shabbos. This is Shabbos Breshis, the first parsha of the Torah. And although we know that Rosh Hashanah was an important day and the way we behave in those 48 hours affects the year, and we know that Yom Kippur is an important day, and it's that one day, the holiest day of the year, And although we know that the unity of Sukkot is so pleasing to Hashem and the connection with Hashem during all of this time culminating with this unbridled joy where our feet are higher than our head. What does that mean? It means we dance with the closed Torah. It doesn't matter if I understand it or not. I just know that I have a gem. I just know that I have a princess. I just know that I have the greatest treasure in the world. And my joy lifts me. It's not because I understand. Some understand more, some less. It's because my entire being is grateful and I'm jumping for joy. In that way, I then go into the week. I go into the Shabbos of Bereshis. Wow. We've had great preparation for the launch of our new year. And this year, every year, it is a cycle, but it's also a spiral upward. We have drawn down an energy into this world that's higher than any energy that's ever been there before. And with all of our incredible input into the festivals, Hashem blesses us now to be able to use all of those gifts in elevating, in accessing the energy and elevating all of creation. It was almost like Elul is a preparation Rosh Hashanah is the crowning of the king. Yom Kippur is the wedding. Sukkot, like the Sheva Brachot, 
and the dancing now launches us, and we feel full. Like we said, the word soiva, satiated. It's like we've packed very big suitcases, trunks, and we're moving forward. We're moving into life. We had the wedding, now we have the marriage. And Yaakov went on his way. Who is Yaakov? The Jewish people have two names, Jacob and Israel. Yaakov is the lower name, as it were. Yaakov, the word a cave, a heel, the bottom of the foot. Each one of us must go into ordinary life, and we must go on our way. And our way, each one of us, is a different path, but for the same goal, that I was created only to serve my Maker. Our sages have told us clearly, that is what it's all about. It's in the Gemara. I was created only, solely, to serve my Maker. There's no such thing as my own affairs, or something that's not connected to God, God forbid. Everything we do has to be an act of serving our Maker. Everything we do, all our deeds must be for the sake of heaven. In all our ways, we need to know him, even when it's something personal, my way, my deed, my business, other aspects of my life, my relationship. Nothing is just for me. They all have to be L'Shem Shemayim, because that's why we are in this world. My purpose of existence is to make this world a dwelling place for God, and this is the Parsha. Bereshit, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. This is the setting of the stage. We have to make the physical world, every aspect of life, interpersonal, business, family, creative, anything we do for the sake of heaven, to use it to make each thing or each interaction a fitting receptacle for Hashem himself. And the highest form of doing this is when our everyday actions are dedicated to Hashem. Not just when we study Torah or do a particular mitzvah, but our refined behavior to one another, the way we do business with absolute honesty, the way we dress, the way we speak, the way we walk, the way we interact. There's a purpose for creation. And it says that what God created last was thought of first, which basically means that first God created heaven and earth, and he created the seas and the vegetation and the planets and the fowl and the fish and the animals. And then only in the afternoon of the sixth day did he create man and then woman. What was created last was thought of first, and it's up to us. It's up to us to take all the messages of the month of Tishrei and to implement them, to use them to remain connected, inspired, and to pass that on to others. What are some of the key words? Well, one of them is Melech. Melech Basadeh, God was a king in the field. Shofar, that humble sound, that heart-rending sound, even in the month of Elul, which signifies humility, plainness, nothing fancy, but 
integrity. It comes from the heart. The shofar and the melech, after the introduction in Elul, absolutely personifies Rosh Hashanah. We're crowning God as king, and we coronate and we announce, we proclaim through the shofar that he is our king. We come to Yom Kippur. It's purity. It's being genuine. No hidden agendas. Sukkot is unity, which God loves so much. And all of this together makes us so happy, Simchat Torah. When we are connected to Hashem, when we are humble, when we reach out to others, all of these are the ingredients that fill us up and make us joyous. And there's no reason that we can't do this throughout the year, in fact. From the moment we wake up in the morning, we, the third w- word that we say, the fourth word, is melech, king. Modeh ani lefanecha, melech. And that should make us feel the humility. Then we move on and we do some praying. And in the prayers, we remember that we're standing in front of the king at all times. He's the creator. And ultimately, what he loves most is goodness and kindness. Be good to your neshama. Be good to others. It will fill you with tremendous, tremendous joy. It's an incredible week because each and every one of us has a chance for a brand new beginning. And this Shabbos, there's a chassidu shavort. The way that we establish ourselves on Shabbos Bereshis, that's how the entire year will go. This Shabbos is the first, you know, the beginning, the launch, it contains everything. And it is a time to reflect on all of the gifts of the month of Tishrei, but to remember that we cannot live in the palace of the king and prepare the kingdom for the king's ultimate coming to live there. We have to leave the palace of the king. We have to each work in our corner of the world to bring that unity, to bring that spirituality and holiness into the ordinary. And so, how? What are we going to do? How can we actually achieve this? And let's look at certain examples Little stories that could really, really help us. How are we going to change the world? Where do we start? So let's begin with a story from the Rebbe where a prominent leader of the UJA in America, the United Jewish Appeal, came to speak to the Rebbe. And the man had a big project, a global project that he had initiated to improve the state of Jews around the world. The man had a big ambitious idea and the Rebbe heard him out. He listened carefully and then he said, remember if you really want to change the world, change yourself first. And then he said, it's like dropping a stone into a pool of water and watching the concentric circles radiate to the shore. And then he said, if you strengthen your connection to Hashem, and if you behave in a way that reflects your connection, then those around you will be impacted by your example, and they'll try in turn 
to emulate, and they will influence others. Remember to focus on yourself first. Here we are wanting to change the world. Here we are wanting to bring Mashiach. What's really important is to look first at ourselves. And that was the work on Rosh Hashanah. That was the work on Yom Kippur. Let's take those resolutions with us. Let it be obvious that we have passed another Rosh Hashanah. Something has changed. And that's the first way that we change or refine the world. The ripple effect of us being connected to Hashem and joyous will affect our spouses. It will have an effect on our children, our friends, our associates, our students. We need to know that if we want to have the most effect on others, we have to start with ourselves. But we mustn't get stuck in it. But we mustn't assume that we're going to be able to dictate change. We have to enact change. We have to mirror. We have to show change. Wherever we are, if I'm, God forbid, in a hospital, if I'm, God forbid, in a confined place, and there are people in confined places, in prisons, in perhaps old age homes, in hospitals, in rehabs, or a confined headspace, stuck in our habits, in our addictions, in our tsaurus, in our depression. Let's not stay there. First thing to do is, you have to ask yourself, why did God put me here? Look around and see who is there in your space whom you can benefit because you're there. And to remember, we cannot change others. We can only change ourselves. And so we have to shift a little bit. We have to make ourselves proud that a new year has come and something is different. And I can always remember Rosh Hashanah 5780, Rosh Hashanah 2019, as the year when I started doing this, I stopped doing that, I began to do this, I decided to do that, and so on. Ripple effect. Remember, we don't live in a vacuum. We live among so many people that we don't even know that they're watching. We don't even know that when we walk down the street, somebody saw us. When we spoke or we did something, somebody noticed. We work, we put our heads down, we try, we make mistakes. We make many mistakes, but we also must keep trying and forging ahead. We never know which deed it will be that will change all of creation. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm Mashi Lipsker. This is High FM, and it's Erev, Shabbos, Parshas, Breshis, Breshit. We're going to start reading the Torah from the beginning. Yes, on Simcha's Torah, the Torah was rolled all the way back to the beginning. Amazing. Amazing to see. Amazing to participate. But even if you weren't there, it's not too late. This is the Shabbos. 
As a Hasidic teaching says, that the way you position yourself, the way you place yourself, the way you see yourself, the way you make a resolution on this Shabbos, it will affect the entire year. So Shabbos Bereshit is ahead of us. It's very exciting. We have an opportunity now to actually draw down divine energy and support for the entire year. Let's open our eyes. Let's think, what can I do? What can I do that I'd like to see carried out throughout the year? This is the day to resolve. This is the day to actually enact. This is the day when the way we are will affect the entire year. And, of course, we're holding on still to the spirit of Tishrei, and it is Tishrei. We will bless the new month of Cheshvan, but we're not there yet. We still have precious, precious days of the seventh month, the month that satiates, the month that fills us up. And let's take some important lessons, particularly because we're about to start reading the Torah anew. So there is something called Chitas. Chitas stands for Chumash Tilim Tanya, previous Rebbe instituted, that on a daily basis we learn a portion of Chumash and Rashi, with the Rashi commentary, we learn a portion of the Tanya and we say a portion of Tehillim. The Chumash, as divided into the 52 portions of the year, the Chumash will be divided into seven toward the Parsha that will be read on Shabbos. We finish the Torah in a year. Shana, it's a cycle. Started on Simcha's Torah, we finish next Simcha's Torah. Tehillim, we finish every month. It's divided into 30 or 29. And Tanya is finished every year on what's called Rosh Hashanah for Hasidus, which is the 16th, sorry, the 19th of Kislev. This thing called Chitas is in incredibly spiritually uplifting, nurturing, and what a wonderful time to start learning the Chumash now, because we're at the very, very beginning, and daily to learn some Chumash on Sunday till Shani, on Monday to Shlishi, on Tuesday, on Tuesday to Shlishi, on Sunday to Shani, on Monday from Shani to Shlishi, on Tuesday from Shlishi to Ravi, of course. Ripple effect. Our children will see. Our spouses will see. Our friends will find out. We'll be caught at our desk at the office doing it. Tyra will come alive in our lives, in their lives, and we'll have a ripple effect. And not only is the act of studying but when we encounter and get to know our incredible, incredible Torah, the basic Chumash, Rashi, it's an incredible, incredible basis. We'll know, we'll understand, we'll be able to apply. It's a great thing to think about. But there are others who say, what about the rest of the world? So a story is told of an aspiring activist who came to the Rebbe. He was deeply invested in this idea of tikkun olam. 
helping everybody, fixing the world. And he asked the Rebbe, should I focus on making myself better or should I concentrate solely on changing the world? And so many of us wonder, who am I? I have so much, Baruch Hashem. Look how many people don't have. Maybe my work should be to reach out to others, to make all kinds of plans to help and to feed. But a person has limited energy and limited time. Where should I put my energy? So he asked, should I focus on making myself better or should I concentrate totally, solely on changing the world? And what was the Rebbe's answer? The Rebbe responded, you cannot fix the world unless you begin with yourself first. Think about it. You cannot fix the world unless you begin with yourself first. He said, start with yourself, then your family, then your community, then your country, and from there the world. One step at a time. We are important. We cannot neglect ourselves. If we nurture our own fire, its warmth will spread to those around us. We become a beacon of light. We become an example. But people have to be able to relate to us. We have to ask, what does Hashem want? In the challenges that he gave me, in the family he gave me, in the country he put me, in the community he placed me, he has placed what he wants from us. Let's do our best. Begin with myself and my family. Don't forget, changing ourselves has a ripple effect. Let's start with the inside. Let's grow. Let's become all the things Hashem wants us to become. Should we forget about others? Definitely not. But here's a very interesting Torah teaching that the Rebbe mentioned to a woman who came asking for a prayer, for a blessing. She would often write to the Rebbe asking that the Rebbe pray on behalf of her sister who wasn't yet married. She was having trouble finding a shidduch, a marriage partner. And the story goes that it was on one occasion that this woman brought a whole group of students to see the Rebbe. And in that group was one of the mothers of the students. And at the end of the audience, that mother asked if she could stay behind and just ask the Rebbe something privately. And um, after the meeting with the mother ended, the secretary of the Rebbe went over to this shlucha, this emissary who had brought the, the people, and said, the Rebbe wants to see you. The Rebbe would like to see me? That was pretty unusual. She was quite nervous as she entered the room. But the Rebbe smiled broadly at her and said, the lady whom you brought to see me today asked for a blessing that her daughter should find a suitable shidduch. And then the Rebbe said to the shlucha, whose name was Rachel, I would like you to take an active interest in her daughter's shidduch in helping her find a match. 
and in that merit, I assure you that shortly your sister will find her partner, please God. We know that if you pray for someone else, you are answered first. So do we only have to deal with ourselves? No. We need to begin with ourselves. And from there, we need to move outward. But that's the plan. Don't forget about yourself. You are the example. And don't forget about praying for other people as well. And finally, we will end with a very, very special story. And it's a story about persistence and perseverance. It's a story about keeping our eye on the focus of making this world a dwelling place for God. Even if it doesn't feel like we're winning, even if it doesn't feel like we're popular, in the long run. And the story goes that there was a young couple who moved to a particular town and they established a Jewish day school there. And they worked really, really hard for several years and finally it began to take off. It finally began to grow in popularity, be more successful. But their success drew the attention of some of the members of the local Jewish establishment who began to feel a bit threatened by the accomplishments of this young couple. They came to see the young couple and demanded, who gave you the right to open up institutions in the first place? And besides, your success won't last. Why put in all this effort How in the world will you be able to sustain it? It's impossible. Wow. So this couple came to the Rebbe, and they asked for his advice and for his encouragement. The Rebbe listened. He heard distress, self-doubt, and then he said, Listen, I want to tell you the following. And he told them a story. He said, Rabbi Yenison Abishitz, who was a 16th century scholar, was well-liked by the ruling governor of his area. But there were anti-Semitic ministers who tried to undermine that relationship. And at every opportunity, they tried to slander or malign Rebjernison. One day, the governor decided to put an end to all the simmering conflict between his friend, the rabbi, and the minister's. He called all the ministers in, called the rabbi as well. He informed them that he's holding a competition to determine who is the superior one amongst them. But the competition was going to be a chicken race. You each bring a chicken. And the owner of the chicken who comes to the finish line first is going to be the champion in the battle underway in my court, in the court of the governor. Well, the ministers took it quite seriously. They took wonderful roosters and fed them well and trained them. And on the day of the competition, they arrived with their fat, strong chickens at the starting line. Rabbi Anderson came with a scrawny little chicken. The race started. In the middle of the contest, The plumped-up roosters began to fight with each other. They scratched and they tussled and were aggressive. 
and they didn't even look at that skinny chicken, that gaunt, haggard little chicken that belonged to Rabbi Yonason. And then the Rebbe finished. He said, the puny bird, who at the beginning didn't seem to stand a chance, inched its way across the finish line first. No matter what our challenge is, if we stay focused, we can defy all expectations. What is our focus? Our focus is to win the race to bring Mashiach. Our focus is to bring harmony to all of God's creation. Our focus is to be kind, to be happy, to spread goodness. Our focus is to get to the finish line. Our focus is to make this world a dwelling place for God. Bereshit bara Elohim. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. That's the beginning. And the ending is blessing. We read the Zolta Bracha. We're back to the beginning. The blessing is there. If we stay focused, we will merit to reveal the blessings for all to see. Good Shabbos.